You are listening to the 3 and D podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the podcast at 3 and D pod. We are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues network of podcasts. You can find Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies online at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you check out the Starting Five podcast on Mondays, the Core Four podcast on Wednesdays, and GBB Live with Joe Molinax on Thursdays. Uh, joining me is Mr. At Not The Golfer, birthday boy himself, Mr. Ben Hogan. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you? Man, I am exhausted. <laughs> you sounded. <laughs> and I don't even know why. We just had a whole freaking week off. Uh, well, I mean – you dealt with the snow and all that stuff i mean i know in memphis we've had a lot of stuff going on so it's uh it's been a week it has been a week so uh i think what we're going to do tonight on the podcast is ben is going to give one takeaway for every year a year old he is so that's about 47 oh, takeaways <laughs> just just 36 this is <laughs> i do not have 36 takeaways more importantly it's national margarita day like that's what my birthday really is. It's National Margarita Day. That's what people know it as. Did you have one? I did. I did. Uh, Swanky's right by our house in Germantown. They were doing margaritas to go. Okay. So I got a burrito and a margarita. You probably should have had two or three after watching that Grizzlies game. Yeah, I wish I had more. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was buy one, get one. My wife had the other one. So oh, we both man. just celebrated. Celebration was quick because the Grizzlies game tipped off like right after dinner. <laughs> Well, let's let's talk about that game. Um, first off, we can talk about Justice Winslow. So, how about that? Um, uh, it's it's a mixed bag. He, he looks good. I mean, he looks healthy. He looks fine. His shot, you know, it's worse than Brandon Clark's when he started the season. So, it's pretty bad. Has, has too many times he didn't hit the iron. Yeah. Did has his shot always been like a rainbow? Has he always had the high arc? I don't. I don't remember that. I don't know, but like, I don't know if that's just getting his legs underneath him or he's just, you know, maybe worked out a little bit more on his upper core during his time off and he's just, you know, stronger than he was. I don't know, but he just, uh, he was long sometimes, short other times. It's like he just can't find his rhythm. Right. And I think the, the biggest key with, with watching him is the way that he moves on defense, the way that he, he drives. Like he is, he is attacking the rim with some force and he's landing and he's not limping. He seems to be healthy. And if we can walk away with that, probably, you know, I think you give him three or four games before you're like, all right, man, you, you had some time to get your legs under you. He ain't played in a, in a year. Um, and so it's going to take him a minute to find his rhythm. Um, so hopefully there's not too many overreactions as far as Winslow goes uh, on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else that people like to overreact. Uh, but I'm excited that he's finally on the floor. We could actually talk about him. He's not a ghost anymore. Um, Justice Winslow is real. Uh, he is a Memphis Grizzly, uh, and he's finally healthy, which means Jaron shouldn't be too far behind, and we desperately need him. Yeah, no, no doubt, especially in games like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to erase Saturday of saying that, you know, if we had Jaron Jackson, the Grizzlies would have won. But a game like tonight, definitely. I, you know, the offense seemed very stagnant tonight. They weren't knocking down their outside shots. They weren't really getting much going down low. It just felt like they didn't know what to do. And you add Jaron Jackson to that, I think that he get, opens it up a little bit more. And if the outside shot's not falling, you can just 
pack it in because it's not just Jonas down low. Yeah, I mean, I know Jaron can, you know, he can do it down low. He can also do it from outside, but I think that he can adjust, and that would have helped in a game like tonight. So you said that Jaron helps in a game like tonight. Twitter is convinced that Dylan Brooks is the uh, savior of the Memphis Grizzlies now that he's missed two games, which we've been absolutely smacked by two pretty good teams. Um, I, I don't understand how you can look at what happened tonight and understand what Dylan has done this season and think that he was going to help us win this game. We went six for 31 from three. So if Dylan's there, what we go eight for 35, you're still shooting a terrible percentage. He's not, you know, going to help your team in that area. He's not respected as much as a three-point shooter anymore, but he's shooting 31%. And then from the field, he's only shooting uh, 39%. So what would he have done on offense that would have helped you win this game? Because you held a team whose offensive rating is 113 to 107 points. So, like – And Luca. Like, if he would have put him on Luca, you know, his defense – I mean, Luca had seven points in the first half. And he, he kind of got going a little bit in the third quarter. But, I mean, he was also knocking down fadeaway threes over Jonas uh, in the fourth. So, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like – I don't think he would have provided that much else on the de- defensive end. I mean, it was Tim Hardaway Jr. doing all the damage anyway. Um, I don't necessarily think that I, – I don't think Dylan could have stopped that. With what, the way they were shooting, I mean, it was the bench squad pretty much, or the, not necessarily the bench, but it was the, the role players doing all the damage for uh, Dallas tonight. Oh, yeah, and, and you you could argue that um, – no, I, you probably couldn't argue. I think if you started the game off, you probably would start Dylan on Luka in that lineup that he yeah. had out there. Um, and who knows, Luka could have went off after that. Um, you know, who, who was on him to start? Kyle was on him to start? yeah. Yeah, so Kyle did a fine job. Winslow did a phenomenal job when he was holding him uh, later in the game, which that's going to be his his role. I think he's got to be in the starting lineup at some point. No, he's picking up a little bit. Yeah. So Dylan wouldn't have stopped Josh Richardson from doing what he was doing because he wouldn't have been on him. Um, Dylan wouldn't have stopped Tim Hardaway from doing what he was doing because Hardaway came off the bench and Dylan probably would have been subbing out at that point. And Dylan is a – if you look at net rating per 100 possessions, he's a, uh, I think a 114 on defense and 94 on offense. He's not helping you. He's not saving this team. Uh, it's just a coincidence that they got smacked by a Phoenix team who is like 19 and 10, who is probably going to be in the contention for a four seed. They are legit. They should beat us. Um, and then Dallas is a phenomenal offensive team. Rick Carlisle is a phenomenal coach. Uh, he clearly did his homework on how to stop us. And, yeah, it was a 10-point game in the end, but that was not indicative of what the game was really like all night long. Um, so, chill out with the overreactions that Dylan Brooks is all of a sudden some MVP of the Memphis Grizzlies and so direly missed. He has not been good at all this season. Calm it down. And you also got to look at Dallas with, like, Lucas started the season out of shape. I still don't think he's, a you know – back to the shape that he should be in, but he's better. And Dallas has also had the toughest schedule in the league. So their record is not necessarily indicative of exactly where they should be. So you got to take that into consideration as well. And if if I'm not mistaken, they have, since they've acquired Porzingis, have been better without him. Yeah. 
So I, I, I think, think so. I mean, yeah, they put, they look better. They're able to. It seems like they force it to Porzingis. They force their offense with whether he's in there, and it, they, it feels like it was more free flowing offense without him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what are your thoughts on the Phoenix game and the decision by the the front office or the coaching staff? We don't really know who made the final call to, uh, I guess, do injury maintenance on Brandon Clark and then flat-out rest Kyle Anderson and Grayson Allen. I I mean, I wrote about this in the report card. I was fine with it. I just think – I'd rather do it all in one game, honestly, instead of spreading it out. I know people want to spread it out, but if you do it all in one game, you know, yeah, you're punting one game, I guess. But, you know, you could play that well, if we had so-and-so or if so-and-so played, you know, you just get it out of the way. Just get all of them out. I'm fine with it. They had, uh, what, four games and five nights. Phoenix is a team that maybe – you already beat them once. I get it. You think you can beat them again. But they're, they're rolling right now. Chris Paul's playing some pretty good basketball. <laughs> like he has his whole career. And uh, I don't know. I just think that – I, I was fine with it. I don't – there was too much overreaction of what the front office is doing, sabotaging, tanking. I, I don't get it. You know, it is what it is. Every team's doing it. I think you better set yourself up for to make a run in the second half of the season as well. You don't want to go limping into the all-star break. You want to be healthy in the all-star break and have a little bit more rest to those guys. I just – I'm fine with it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to um, rant for a second about it because I got into it with some people on Twitter uh, that were, <laughs> <laughs> were a little uh, emotional with what happened in that decision-making. It was four games and five nights. Um, and then I think it was five games and seven nights on top of that. So five games in a week. Uh, in the NBA, Kyle Anderson and Grayson Allen have played heavy, heavy minutes um, in that week. You are not competing for a title this year. Um, you are evaluating what you have this season. And you're not you're not tanking. You're, you're a 500 500- – record team at that point who is probably you're probably going to end up making the playing game um every team rest players i remember I, I came this has gone on for years because when Shaq was on the freaking phoenix suns the big big shaktus um yeah. i got tickets to that game because steve nash was my favorite player at the time and i wanted to see steve nash nash and Shaq didn't even freaking travel to memphis okay they rest players in in games that are either um, we can win without them or games that we're just not going to win. And so then there's the people that come out there, oh, what kind of mindset is that? The game's not going to win. You're just not going to try. You're just going to give up. That's not in either. Joe Molnax put it a lot more graciously than I did. And so he didn't get slammed for it like I did. He has a way with doing that. It was a schedule loss, meaning it was the fourth game in five nights. It was the last one of that stretch against a really, really good team. Yes, like you said, we beat Phoenix on MLK Day, but this is a different Phoenix team than then. They were still trying to figure out their chemistry. They were still trying to gel um, as a team. And as of late, they have been absolutely rolling as a team. It's not the same same group. And Chris Paul's always been a thorn in our side. So why yeah. not? Why not take that game to be like, all right, We've played a lot of basketball. We're about to have six games and eight nights. So let's just just take a break right here. You guys get some rest. I find it curious maybe that they didn't sit Valanciunas as well because 
he's played about the same amount of minutes as Grayson has since returning from COVID. Um, but I guess you can't sit literally everybody. You got to have somebody to go out there and yeah. play. Um, but to think that the people, like everybody, it's been like almost unanimous, the praise that this front office has received for everything that they've done since the second they've taken over, they have been praised. All of a sudden, there's some secret agenda, some sabotage, um, some force tanking that's going on. It's, it's a wild conspiracy theory um, that belongs on Grizz Facebook. And <laughs> to see media members, um, maybe some of them that are outside of their sport, maybe some of them should stick to football. Um, to, <laughs> to say that this, that this team is being sabotaged by their front office is one of the most wild things that I've ever heard said about this franchise definitely the most wild thing I've ever heard about, say about this front office and this coaching staff. If this is supposed to be a development year with a coaching staff that is excellent at developing young talent, then you take those opportunities in those games where you're just like, look, we are dog tired. Let's get our young guys out there and get some run, get some practice and some development. It just doesn't make sense because one game out of 72 isn't the end all be all. No, I, I I totally agree with that. And the Grizzlies, we've discussed this before. They're way ahead on their timeline. Like that, you have the advantage of play, doing this during the season with games because you're way ahead on the timeline. And some guys that maybe don't get as much run during closer games, they can get some run out there. You can see what they got, see what they bring. And, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that McDermott got sent down to the hustle immediately following that game. I mean, they, they gave him some run. And – uh you know, they saw what they had with them, and they had to drop somebody down, I guess, when uh, Justice came back, and, and uh, McDermott was it. And I just think it was – you know, you can argue don't do it all at once, rest one or two guys, but I just I, – like I said, I'd rather just go ahead and get it all over with. You just – you know, you're going against one game. You may have won if you were full strength. You may have not, but I, I'm fine with it. And – if you have any question about Dylan Brooks, if he's injured, how many games in a row did he play before he sat out? Or how many games? In, like This is the first bunch. game. This, this is the first stretch that he's missed since Taylor Jenkins has been coached. So that would have been, what, yeah. 97 games for sure? Since yeah, I think was his was, 100th game? Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand the question around that either. I mean, Dylan Brooks, when, if, he's, if he can play, he's going to play. Yeah, he ain't going to let somebody tell him he's not playing because we have some other agenda going on. Right. And – it would leak out of the locker room. I'm not saying Dylan would do it, but somehow it would get out. Dylan, Dylan would do it. You, you, know, know, he, you know Dylan would do it. He's got, he's got shams on speed now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did see that people were, I guess, half-joking that Dylan was sitting because he was getting traded. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. I think that he is probably injured, um, especially if he's going to miss three games. I think he might be due back next game. Um, so that'll be interesting to see the dynamic. Uh, you know how hot Twitter is going to be. I may have to be off Twitter that night if the Grizzlies <laughs> win when Dylan Brooks is back because <laughs> everybody's going to be like, see, we told you he has this great impact. Like, the Grizzlies need him to win. I can't handle all that. I mean, it's, it's just always when a player's out. Yeah, you know, Twitter, just people come out of the woodwork. It's like, oh, Jonas, trade him. He's out. They're doing so well. Get rid of him. You know, and Dylan's it's, not playing. They lost. It's, 
It's always the He's ones on Twitter player. that either have no profile picture or their profile picture is of an NBA player. <laughs> yeah. And most of, the, most of the profile pictures are Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so let's, let's talk about Kyle Anderson. I, he, he did have a great game tonight, um, but he was tasked with Luka early on. I, I feel like I wish I could see him in person or write him a letter just in an apology of always constantly <laughs> trying to trade him. Um, you know, I have the NBA trade machine.com on like my favorites page. Cause I just love doing that. Or even on 2K. Of, uh, tabs open of potential <laughs> trades right now. So you can pull it up. Um, and like the last two seasons, Kyle Anderson has been the first one. Like I, I trade him. I just didn't feel like he was a fit with his roster, but I do believe that there's a scenario where he's not a fit and that's at the three on the wing. I, I just, he's got to be a four. Um, this starting lineup with him and, and Brandon and JV together, I just don't think works. I don't think it's a winning formula for the team. Um, so what's going to be really curious is when Jaron comes back, who gets their minutes cut? Are they splitting minutes between BC? Like, How do you figure out that rotation between Tillman, Valanchunas, Jackson, BC, Kyle? are we trusting Kyle to be a three off the bench because he can't be a starting three and maybe, right. maybe it works with it with Jaron at the starting four, but it doesn't work with Brandon at the starting four because Brandon doesn't do Jaron either. Well, Jaron spreads the floor a lot better than Brandon does. And maybe that's what it is. Right. Kyle needs that space um, to operate, but I just don't think that Kyle Anderson is the answer at three. I think Justice Winslow definitely is. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Kyle's fit with this team when we're fully healthy? Um, well, yeah, I was going to say, what, what do you do? Are you saying if, if he's starting the three, Justice would be coming off the bench? And I just don't see that happening because, I mean, Dylan's going to be the two. <clears throat> you know that. He's going to be the starting two. I know he is. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be the starting two. And once, once Jared comes back. And I just think you do get into a situation where you have to figure that out. And I, I know that's the easy way out, but I mean, what, what, what's your second unit? What do you, are you thinking? Like it's uh, Tillman, uh, Clark, Kyle Anderson, and then uh, Tyus, yeah. and then you're, you're Tyus, leaving Grayson or Grayson. Anthony out. Like, yeah, and I'm, I guess you just go with the hot hand there. I mean, or go matchup wise. You know, if you need a little, I mean, I was gonna say if you need a little more defense, you put in DeAnthony, but Grayson Allen's been pretty good on defense this year as well. Yes, both so, of them have been better than Dylan, by the way. So you're in a situation where, you're, you know, you're going to have 11 guys and you're really going to – I don't know. Maybe it's you just mix and match lineups and don't necessarily do the hockey hockey lineups to where you just change out the whole the whole crew. I don't know. Maybe you sit Jaron, you bring in uh, – or, you, excuse me, you sit Jonas, you bring in Kyle. Jaron goes up to the five. Kyle's at the four. I don't know. It's tough. I, I could see a scenario where, where Tillman gets some cut. Yeah. I mean, I think Tillman might be the man that gets some minutes cut, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it's better to have too much of something than not enough. It, it's, it's an abundance, abundance of wealth. And I think I, I saw somebody somewhere say, like, to, to alleviate the problem of being 11 deep, 
you just package a couple of them to get a, a, a better and upgrade at the wing. Um, I don't know that the Grizzlies are looking to do that. Um, but it's just going to be really interesting when Jaron's back, how the rotation shakes out. And people need to be ready. There's going to be some losses taken because coach is trying to figure out how these all fit together because we've never had all these pieces fit together. Um, we've never had um, Winslow get in there with these guys. We, we haven't had this Kyle Anderson ever. Um, we haven't had uh, Milton and, and Allen outplaying Dylan Brooks ever. Um, so it's it's an interesting scenario and, and one that I, I think I'm kind of glad I'm not Coach Jenkins uh, for to try to have to figure out. Yeah, and I, we didn't even mention Gorgie. I mean, I think he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. He's definitely out once once Jaron returns, but I don't. It's tough because I mean, you got a expiring contract that you can flip for something, and you know, I. He's not getting any. You can't showcase him really right now. <laughs> he's not getting any playing time. No. He played well in the fourth quarter against Phoenix, when you know. He plays, he plays well every time he's in. Yeah. But he just doesn't doesn't fit, I guess. But I think he does. Like, that's, that's, yeah, like, I know. W- wouldn't you rather have Gorgie taking those corner threes than Tillman? Yeah. I mean, I think Tillman probably def- defends on the perimeter a little bit better. Um, Tillman can drive a little bit. Um, he's got a little bit of a floater. I don't know. It's it's tough. Here, here's a lineup that I want to see one time this year. I don't think it'll ever happen. But I want to see a lineup with Morant, Winslow, Anderson, Jaron, and Jonas. Oh, I, think we'll, I think we'll get that. You think we'll see that? Yeah. That's a that's a lot of length. Yeah. A lot they of might defense. even do that to close a game even. A lot of defense. And if, if Kyle is, is still the sniper that he is, you still can spread the floor because you'll have Jaron and Kyle spreading the floor, creating room for, for Winslow and um, Morant to drive. Um, I would just – I don't know. I want to see it. I just don't know if, if Jenkins has the balls to put that lineup out there. I think I think we'll see it. I, like I said, I think we might see it to close the game. Uh, if it's a tight game, you know, you got John Moran. He can he can get to the like say he can get to the bucket. Teams are giving him uh, outside shots right now, uh, <laughs> so you definitely will have to hope that uh, Anderson continues with his hot shooting from from deep. Do you remember the? Um, I guess it was a Western Conference semis against Golden State. Um, the year that Tony Allen uh, – that might have been the year with his hamstring. I, I, just, I remember that they put Bogut on yeah. Allen. And yeah. Allen was at a three-point line, and Bogut was literally standing in the paint. Yeah, he, he, he technically – he was, quote, guarding Tony Allen, but all he was was help defense on Zebo and Mark whenever they came to the lane. That's, like, how, they're, that's right, how they're treating Ja. Yeah. And that's his game is he's going to – he's got to develop an outside shot. He's been able to get to the bucket, but tonight a few times he got to the bucket, he didn't get the foul call. He's not getting that foul call that you would think that he should. Um, but he's got to expand his game. He's got to get a jumper or teams are going to continue to do that. Yeah, and, and until he does that, um, it's going to slow down this team because early on in the year we were so free-flowing and we had all that space in the paint because people would step up on Ja. But now they're like, okay, if he's going to shoot, um, you know, 
in the lower 30%, like we'll live with him knocking down one or two, but we're not going to live with him getting in there and creating chaos at the rim um, and, you know, getting other guys involved with, with those driving. Um, I wrote an article about the Grizzlies in the paint and, you know, we're a top four team in scoring in the paint, but we're a, a bottom five or six team in scoring at the rim. And you saw that yeah. early tonight in the game. Like we don't finish at the rim well, number one, but number two, we shoot a, a crap ton of floaters. And so when people look at, oh, we lead, you know, we're top four in, in paint scoring, but we're bottom whatever in free throw attempts, that's, that's a, a deceiving stat because yeah. we're not getting to the rim, maybe because we don't finish at the rim. And we realized, oh, like Tyus Jones, let's just be real. He ain't going in there and knocking bodies with somebody and, and put the ball up on the glass. The floater yeah. is what he's got to do. Same thing with yeah. Grayson. Um, same thing with DeAnthony. Brandon Clark has mastered the floater. Tillman has a great floater. The scoring at the rim comes from Dylan, John, and Jonas, really. Yeah. Uh, and tonight it wasn't there. It wasn't there for Valanchunas. It wasn't there for, for Morant. Should he be getting more calls? Yeah, probably. Um, but this team has got to figure out, like, on the nights that you're shooting two for 19 from three, you got to figure out a way to get to the free throw line. And then you got to knock him down. You can't miss seven free throws in the NBA either. Yeah. I mean, Luka got away with it tonight because Dallas was hitting from everywhere else. But – and also, back to our lineup, we didn't even mention Desmond Bain. I, I can't believe we didn't mention him because he's started so far this season. He's started games. That's 12 so he's guys. definitely got out of rotation. Yeah. So, you got to figure that out. I'm glad I'm not Jenkins right now. Taylor Dude, Jenkins, you got to figure that out. There's no way you can take Bain out of the rotation. There's no way. No. No. Because when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, because Ja driving to the lane, getting the corner three, Bain easy a little better at the corner three. But, you know, none of the Grizzlies have been knocking it down. You know, Grayson had a wide open three tonight from his spot there on the wing, yep. and he bricked it. And Anderson, Kyle had a few on the corner, just missed them. Like, they were – a few times it was frustrating because the Grizzlies were getting what they wanted on the offensive possession, but they weren't knocking down the shots. And, yeah, they got to figure that out. You know, they got to find a way to score when that's happening. So you got, Kyle, we got some 12 rotation players. Jenkins has, has shown that he's okay with playing 11. So we'd have to say that that means he's, he's going to have to cut Tillman. Like we agree that's who it's got to be. Uh, yeah. Or you got to, one or the other with DeAnthony and Grayson. And no, but, listen to me. Listen to me. I know. Bain, Anderson, Grayson, and DeAnthony have all outplayed Dylan Brooks the entire season. So I guess trade somebody. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to that. Package one of the guys with uh, Gorgie and try and get something back. I don't know. Like, that's that's tough. Because I don't – Tillman is the guy, I guess, because – you got to package two guys. If you package one guy, then it's just one yeah. for one, and you still got 12 guys in the rotation because Gorgie's not even in the rotation. He's 13th. Gorgie's freaking yeah. 13th, and he'll go and be somebody, a playoff contender's backup five. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll be an eight in the, he'll crack the eight man rotation for the playoffs. This is nuts. <laughs> like, and it, yeah. And I don't know if it's just you cut minutes from the starters, which I, I, don't know who you would do that to besides Dylan. If if Winslow proves that he's going to stay healthy, do you sell high on Kyle 
That's tough. I mean, if you think you have the best version of him right now, and you don't think he's going to, you think he's going to drop off eventually, then yes. Oh, I think he's going to drop off eventually. Right, every player drops off eventually. But I'm talking about like I'm if you think it's going to be like this season. If you think yes. it's going to be like after All Star break, you just need to go ahead and sell high. I, I, like right after the All Star break. What else do you do? You're you're not moving Bain. You're not moving Milton. Um, you're either going to have to trade Dylan or. Grayson or Packers, both of them, like, you know, you know, they're not going to take away Grayson. That's Tyler Jenkins' son. Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't move a kid's son. And it's crazy that we're talking about too much depth on a team that's thirteen and fourteen right now, <laughs> because they can't. You know, it, it's frustrating because you have a, a guy superstar level in John Morant. And it, this is all when Jaron Jackson comes back. And I don't even want to – if Jaron Jackson comes back this season. But you've got to plan for the future somehow. And I guess Tillman would drop out. But if you do that, who's the backup five? Do you just rotate – do you just keep – do you just keep Jonas or Jaron in? You start with those stagger, two and then you got to – Stagger those minutes. Players. Yeah, with Kyle at the four. I mean, he's shown a willingness at times to, to for small stretches to put BC at the five. I don't know how long you can live with that. Um, I think it's matchup wise, but I mean, right. you could take out Jonas early or Jaron early, whichever one has got it going. You leave him in and then stagger. I don't know, man. You're right. Like, this is nuts that you got a 13 and 14 team. And part of that's because we're talking about 12 guys, two of them been injured the entire year. So, right. really, it's been 10 guys that's worked out, but you're getting another star, all star level player um, back hopefully soon. Uh, that's I don't even know. It'll be interesting, uh, to say the least. I, I it also like it'll be interesting also once they get a full healthy team to see, you know, what we actually have. Even people have been talking about it ever since Justice came in about, you know, this team, all right, you know, Justice some some people, you know, I, I was a Jeff Green guy. I, I was all for the Jeff Green thing and when Justice came in, it kind of felt like that. Oh, Justice is the next, you know, kind of the piece for this young Grizzlies team that kind of – we also thought Dylan was going to continue his hot shooting that he was before he signed his contract. But, you know, you, you kind of thought that the Grizzlies had a team that could contend maybe even this year. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that's part of the reason that you see the roller coaster of – that you see with fans on, on social media is because they're by no fault of the team's own. There's some expectations and it's, it's the fans are placing those expectations on them, that there's hope. Um, and it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. You just, they just got to learn how to temper um, those emotions and those expectations and understand what this season really is. And some people seem to have a problem um, accepting that this is what the season is. They don't, they don't want to to have this season be an evaluation season or a development season, um, which I think is dumb. Um, right. Maybe selfish. Um, you want the best version of this team uh, to have a window of multiple years that begins with developing before the window opens, and that's right now. Um, and I think, like you said earlier, they're ahead of schedule, and, and part of that um, – could be the reason why there is all this hope is because of how quickly 
they have become relevant. Um, but regardless, uh, two tough losses. Um, we got a tough week coming up. So let's let's talk about that week coming up. Um, ben, you've got our schedule and you got some let's, – let's first, let's apologize to the people that we're encouraging to bet the bear. Um, <laughs> the, the, the spread of the money line has not gone too well here of late. This team has been quite unpredictable. Um, stick with Ben on the player props. Um, those have looked great. Um, but, the, but the money line and the, and the spread, uh, those have been, been kind of scary. So, Ben, what are we looking at coming up? All right. Uh, three games in the next week, uh, two of them at home, both against the Los Angeles Clippers. Then on Sunday, they travel to Houston to take on the Rockets, a team that they didn't do too well against earlier in the season. Uh, but uh, the Clippers, they are 22-10 and 10 overall, 10-5 and five against the spread on the road. And then over under, they're 18-12-2. So they cover uh, – they go over 18, 18 times, 12 they didn't, and uh, twice did they actually hit the, the spread, hit the over under. Let me get back to the Grizzlies. Let's talk about them real quick. On the, they're 13-14 overall record, 7-5 and five on the road. They're 6-8-1 at home. Those are against the spread. Over under 14-12-1. The overs hit for the Grizzlies seven in their last nine games. So that's a big change from the beginning of the season. They hit the under tonight, uh, obviously. That was bad. And then uh, they're 6-4 and four on the road in their last ten, straight up and the spread. So for me, that says that if you're going to bet the Grizzlies, if they're the underdog, if they're the underdog, you just go ahead and bet them to win. Like, that's just kind of what that tells me. If they're both – if they have the same record as on the road, straight up and the spread, it's like if you're going to bet on the Grizzlies as an underdog on the road, just just go ahead and bet on them to win. Uh, like I said, they have two games at home against the Clippers, and then on Sunday they'll take on the Rockets. We discussed this before the, uh, before the show. These numbers do favor the Grizzlies, but as you point out with the, the Pelicans numbers, those also favor the Grizzlies and they can't win. Uh, 11 and 18 overall, the Rockets, they'll be home on Sunday. They're three and nine against the spread at home. And then one and seven against the spread in their last eight games and one and seven against the spread in their last eight home games. Is Christian Wood still hurt? Do we know? Yes. That's a big difference maker for sure. I wonder when he comes back. It just, uh, he's out indefinitely. So... That would tell me that that Houston game, I might be real interested in, uh, in, in taking whatever line comes out for that one. I would too. Uh, I depends on how they fare against the Clippers in both their games, and whether or not the Grizzlies will be the favorites or the, the underdogs. You know, if they come out and if they split with the Clippers, I would think that they may be like a one one and a half point favorite. But if they win the first one and get blown out by 30, they'll probably, they're going to be the underdog, I would think. Yeah, in what world do you see this current Grizzlies roster beating the Clippers? I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there <laughs> on how they might be favored against Houston. Like, this is, we, we, I think we've mentioned this before, like, and maybe in a text conversation, the Grizzlies, they have that win in them that they're just not supposed to get. Like, they're yeah. going to go and, and lose this game like they lost this game, looking absolutely terrible. And then all of a sudden, they're going to come out there and be world beaters against the Clippers on the first game, maybe. And then you're like, okay, they figure something out and they get absolutely smacked the second game. And so, like, 
you'll, you'll probably bet against the Grizzlies that first game because it's the Clippers. They're going to win, and you're going to get all pumped up and go, all right, we're going to bet the Grizzlies on the second game, and then they're going to get smacked, and then you're out your money. Yeah, and then somehow, you know, they, they come back against Houston, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm taking Houston. And, the you know, that's how we've been so bad on the bets. Like, that's how we've been bad on the when it comes to the line with the bet and the bear because we think that, you know, they have a bad loss against Phoenix. They're going to come back. You know, they're healthy. They got some rest. I think they cover that five. Or they get a nice, nice win, and you're like, okay, I think they're going to follow up this win with another win. They got the, they got the confidence, they got some momentum, and they throw up a dud. And you know, it, it, you just don't know which team you're going to get. Yeah, well, to be fair, I told everybody to bet Phoenix, and you did too. <laughs> after we yeah. saw that everybody was out, I was like, hey, let's go hammer Phoenix yeah. real quick. Exactly. Um, I mean, what was that line? Five and a half, six and a half. I mean, that was easy money. I got it at three. Oh yeah, that that so that was that was really easy money. The last Houston Grizz game, I took Memphis, and they they were the last leg of my parlay, and they killed it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I will say far away from the next Memphis Houston game uh, when it comes to parlays, especially giving you those numbers, it's too tempting not to take the Grizzlies. And then if they don't cover, you're gonna be like, I knew it. I, I, I knew. <laughs> I, I saw these two teams play a couple weeks ago, and. It was ugly. I think my new rule is going to be um, I'll give some betting advice on the Grizzlies on the podcast, but not actually bet on myself because, <laughs> no, here, here's what happened. The other day I was convinced to take um, the Grizzlies' opponent, but you said you were taking Memphis, and, and you gave good reasons. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking Memphis. <laughs> and I lost. <laughs> but I was had it, said don't was, take – Yeah, it, it was. was. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and I took Memphis. Because, yeah, and, you know, after after it was all said and done, it's like, duh, they never play well against the Pelicans. The Pelicans are the worst matchup in the league for the Grizzlies, even though and they I got beat by 30 by Phoenix, but still. It's I like, said it on Twitter. I thought we don't play well against them. We're on national TV. It's just not a good formula for us, and I should have listened to myself. Hey, I, got, I went 4-0 against Detroit, so <laughs> that made up for it. Like, the go. thing is, most of the bets have been like two – I've been 2-2. Two and two. I think uh, I think the Pelicans' night out was one and three, but every other night's been two and two or better. So at least you know most of the misses have been the line itself. The props so have been if, good. So what, what we're telling you, listeners, that if you just want to break even with your money, go with Ben Hogan. Oh yeah, if you want no, if you want to make money, go with my props and go against me on the on the uh, spread. <laughs> that, that's that's where you make your big time money. Oh yeah. We're sure. making you rich here while we're getting bored <laughs> betting right. on ourselves. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, uh, uh, I hope you had a, a great birthday uh, on your – You know, the Grizzlies, but I appreciate that. I mean, hey, you got your um, your buy one, get one margaritas. So Yeah. My baby slept through uh, – he's still asleep now, so that's good. There you go. So Hi. that's good. Well, um, we enter the first round of playoffs tomorrow because the okay. weather pushes back last week. It's winter go home. Um, oh. We're at home okay, tomorrow well. night. We're at home tomorrow night uh, against a three seed. We're a two seed. It's basically this is the round of 32. Um, if we win tonight, it's a sweet 16 on Thursday. Um, we should win that matchup on Thursday and be in the Elite Eight on Saturday. Um, and we, we're confident that uh, we'll – 
get past the Elite Eight on Saturday and head to Jackson for the Final Four. So it all starts tomorrow night. Man, that's a it's a whirlwind of a week. It sounds like though, if you if you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So well, what's crazy is um, my brother has been locked up for five years, um, and he gets out on March sixth. Our championship game would be on March sixth. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah so um i mean obviously i want to be in the championship game but i want to be there with my brother too right. so like it's it's crazy it, you know you mentioned the whirlwind that's exactly what it would be oh, yeah. definitely. But, definitely that way because that's what two weeks yeah yep Dang. so we um we're we're confident these first two games we don't know who we're gonna be matched up with on the third game but um we're we're ready to rock so <laughs> Good luck, man. Well, I appreciate it. Anything you want to throw out there before we hop off? No, nah, that's uh, that's it. Oh, the Grizzlies aren't tanking. No, there's no sabotage taking place either. No, no. All right. Well, for Ben, I'm Justin. This has been another episode of the 3 and D pod. <laughs>